This is Developer SideQuest, the podcast, the show that highlights all the different ways that we level up our software development skill set. I'm your party leader, Al Rodriguez, and today we're chatting with another player character, Darren Hona. Hi, Darren. How are you doing today? What's up, Al? I'm doing pretty well. Awesome. It's always great to hear. So everyone, uh, Darren is a male human force, or a FOMAR. His go-to spell for quests is C-sharp, mainly because he spent the most time studying C-sharp. Also dabbling in C, C++, and Haskell. He also decided to become a force because he likes having the power to bring computers to their knees and have them do what he says. A level 6 back-end spellcaster, Darren can do some front-end spells when a major quest needs him to, but usually he sticks with the back-end spells. This does not mean Darren can't do front-end spells, he just chooses to learn more about the back-end magic because he's better at it than the front-end magic. All right, Darren. So, uh, welcome onto the show. Really glad you're here. So, uh, let's just jump right into it. So, tell us about your quest that that uh, you're you're here to talk about today. So, what was your side quest? Um, side quest was um, showing other people that the learning Haskell is hard. Uh, I've been around the block a few times. And a lot of people are like, man, learning Haskell is too hard. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove it's too hard. So I'm going to learn it. And then additionally, I'm going to show other people while I am learning. So I'm setting up seminars and being like, here, let me show you that it's taking me time to learn this. Uh, and so far, it's actually gone pretty well. Some people have been like, I like what you're doing. I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, I like what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> I I love it because, you know, I, I've heard from a lot of people and just kind of seen a few snippets of Haskell code uh, every so often that it, to me, it looks difficult. It looks like this weird, it, kind of interesting, <laughs> kind of uh, cryptic uh, syntax. And and it's nice to to know that someone out there is, is really kind of doing a lot of effort there. And then also, you know, teaching people in the community, right? Getting people to help. Because I'm imagining that, that there are a lot of benefits to Haskell, right? Is that true? Oh, I've heard that there are benefits, which is the reason why I started learning Haskell. You know, people are like, with the Haskell, with the functional way it is, you can take the principles and move them over to an object language, like object spell, like C, C++, or C Sharp. And I'm like, yeah, probably. I mean, one of the big things is it teaches you, or you're forced to be like, if you have to interact with the environment, you have to declare that. Um, and so you get to think between pure and unpure spells and it's like, keep your pure spells here and keep your unpure spells here. Uh, and it forces basically yeah, you to do that. So other developers can be like, I can run this spell X many times and it will always give me the same result. Okay. And, and when you say environment, you mean like the operating system, like access to the file system, that kind of stuff? Exactly. So state. So not just access to the file system, but like if I'm going to go to a database, go to the internet, change anything outside of my own internal state, that has to be declared. Gotcha. Okay. So it's, it's a difference between, um, if I remember correctly, pure uh, function where you know, uh, you receive two variables and you add them together. That's not changing anything. That's 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 what you mean by uh, environment versus not environment. So yeah, that's for, all uh, local versus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for another example, in the uh, 
request that I'm doing is I have a random number generator and that random number generator uses a seed. Um, and so every time I get a new random number, that seed is incremented by whatever happens in the background. But because that seed has been incremented, that is actually state IO. So every time I call this function to get a new random number, I have to declare that this is IO and thus the state is changed. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So that sounds like a um, an interesting problem specifically for uh, testing, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, making sure that uh, that's random. Oh, yeah, no, because of this, yeah, for testing and as well, just uh, it's quite just hmm, interesting because, you know, let's say I have a method A calls method B calls method C. Well, if method A is declared as uh, modifying the state, that means method B and method C also have to be declared as modifying the state, even if they don't. And that's only because they're in the method chain. And so the goal is to minimize state changes and maximize the pure functions. And then, yeah, that's a totally different problem because in other languages like C sharp, you'd be like, well, let's just throw this into a variable. There, it works. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, pros and cons of uh, different syntaxes there. All right. Okay. Yes. So uh, I know that Haskell is a functional programming language. Uh, is yes. this the first functional programming language that you've worked with? It is, and wrapping my head around functional programming language has been insane. Um, the syntax isn't just, it doesn't even cover it. So one of the big problems that I've gone slowly to start getting over is there is really no state. So for example, let's say if we had a linked list and we wanted to edit the linked list, well, we can just find the node we want to say, all right, put this state in here instead of this data. But since there's no state, state uh there's no linked list variable global variable or member variable to modify i'll have to basically pass the linked list into a function and the function would return a different linked list if i wanted to modify something in it and so the problem since there is no state is one of the big problems in functional programming that uh is, is taking a lot of time to get used to Okay. And if I remember correctly, that's because uh, all of those variables are supposed to be immutable. So that's why it removes a, or returns a new instance of, of that list with the, the modified data. Is that true? Close. Yeah, close. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, close. Um, the big thing is functional programming, you think of everything as a black box. Um, and each function is its black box. So it's like it gets inputs and it gets outputs. Um, so with the example of the linked list, let's say if I had an update uh, function, I would have to say, I would have to pass in the linked list I want to modify, the new data, and where to modify it. And the method would modify that linked list and would, would make a new linked list, but with the modification that we want to return a new linked list. So because there's no passing this global variable, um, it... Uh, you can modify something in memory, and that's to keep the functional aspect. If that makes sense. Okay, I I think I'm understanding. I, I think I kind of <laughs> I yeah. I probably need to see some more syntax <laughs> to really understand it. To be honest, but okay. yeah, all of this is is me is all of this stuff I'm saying is me being like encountering this problem and running into it and be like, oh, this is the problem of functional programming. I I wouldn't say one thing I want to say is it's not a problem as in like. Is this a problem, so we shouldn't use it. 
this is a problem of this is just a um barrier not barrier uh i can't think of the right word right now it's not bad it's part of the language (laughs) Yeah, I, I like to say that everything has its set of pros and cons. And so this yes. is probably an immediate jump into those those cons, but I'm sure there are a lot of other pros too, right? Yes. Well, one of them is that the language is much more succinct. Um, it, it's, it's easier to program. It's faster to program in. Um, and there's less code required. Uh, in one of the books I was listen, reading uh, before I started my programming, the in Haskell. Yeah, that's sort of programming in Haskell. Uh, <laughs> it's like, here is this hangman program where, right, where we are writing the code for you, and so you can type out a program so you can get used to the syntax. Once I did that, I made the same hangman program in C Sharp. And C Sharp had much more code than Haskell. So just faster to type in once you know what, you, what, what, you know what you're doing. Okay. All right. That's that's good to know. So once you're up to speed, you you have you have a lot. So it's a it's a big wall to get over at first. But once you're over that, you're you're pretty good. Kind of deal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, once once you get over the big wall, then there's a lot of tinier walls. Uh, for example, <laughs> on my um, YouTube series, where I'm actually posting all of these videos. Uh, I have a follower. His name is Numa Demosa. Um, Numa Demosa. If you're watching, you're awesome. Uh, if you're listening, you're awesome. Um, and he actually took his own time. He's like, I see what you're doing with Haskell. Let me do it in a more Haskell way so you can look and you can learn from a more concise Haskell syntax. Oh, that's for, great. That sounds yeah, so really to, helpful. Yeah. For, for example, um, recursion is a thing in Haskell. So like, if you need a loop... You can basically call a method that obviously calls itself for a certain number of times. You have an end case. Um, And if you're doing recursion, you can probably actually find a higher order function that does what you need for you. But if you don't know the higher order function, if you don't know what you're looking for, you can kind of hack out what you need with the recursive loop. So I'm I'm in that stage where I'm using, I'm hacking Haskell to work how I need it. But I have people being like, there's other ways to do it. And I've, started reading through the sample that he made me as like yeah there's a lot of stuff i could be changing um but that's what i think a lot of people get hung up on i think especially in the programming world is when they're like i have to do this perfectly it has to be perfect i have to read all the books and then everything has to be just the most perfect thing for me to work i'm like no you just you go and you learn and you make mistakes when you started programming when you started learning you made mistakes and that's okay you get better you know it's the same story of when you made something for production and you look at it six months later and you face palm you're like what was i thinking <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's true we're we're all unfortunately uh kind of in that boat yep <laughs> oh, okay so so you're you're still kind of learning haskell too right is that kind of oh. what you're what you're saying Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I I am so learning Haskell. For example, let's go back to the linked list issue because that's what I'm dealing with now. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know this, so I was trying to modify it myself, you know, figuring all this stuff out. Um, and then uh, this person was like, "Hey, you know, there's these things called lenses, right?" I'm like, "Well, what's that?" And it's like it basically allows you to have getters and setters and linked lists, so you can update 
and not do this fancy arithmetic and aerobatics um acrobatics yeah acrobatics to uh, <laughs> update and link list i'm like no way so i read it and the problem with haskell here's here's another problem with haskell i'm gonna tell you all now this here's the giant secret the people who write Haskell tutorials and the people who talk about Haskell love Haskell. And so it's from a theory based or it's from like, I love Haskell. So let me explain everything. For example, I'm reading this lens thing. And the first paragraph is the first question is what is a lens? And there's a whole entire like two paragraphs. And then the next question is, all right, really what is a lens? I was like, if you need <laughs> a separate question to paraphrase what the first question was that's a bit too much work so the most succinct succinct description of a lens i got was it a first order getter and setter i'm like that's the closest i got to just this sentence that says we allow you to like get and set in link lists that's it so that, <laughs> that i think that's another problem that's making haskell really hard to learn is when people want to learn something or learn haskell it's like all right, here's all the stuff about Haskell and here's all the theory based on it as well. It's like, if you're learning, you don't really care about theory. <laughs> that's that's true. So it's it's uh, it kind of sounds like the, the curse of knowledge. Like all of the people who really know Haskell well, they know it really well and they're writing the documentation with all of the knowledge that they have in mind, right? Is, is that kind of what you're, what you're basically going with there? That they that there's so is. much that they're packing into it? Yes, that is yeah that that is what I'm going with. And I spoke to other people, and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's the problem about it." Yeah, people are like, "Oh my god, I love it so much. Let's write everything." However, um, there's somebody I know. His name is Chiroptical, and he has a degree in theoretical chemistry, which sounds amazing. But he really likes the Haskell part, and he loves the theory of Haskell. So there are some people who do love the theory and who will spend time to learn it. But there's people like me who are like, "I just." want to get this done i don't want to read five bajillion paragraphs <laughs> gotcha all right so let's uh let's switch gears just a little bit um cool when you're when you're working with haskell uh what are the tools that you use do you use a a specific ide for haskell or can you use something else like i don't know vs code or something else that that everyone's kind of already used to or is it just new set of tools everything specific to haskell I am old school, at least for Haskell. So um, for the source editing, I use Notepad++. I bet there were people who listen to that, and they will turn off this podcast once they hear that I code with a Notepad++. <laughs> um, uh, for other things like building and compiling, um, basically there is this thing called Stack which in stack it handles the building and handles the making the projects and so for example uh i needed random numbers so i had to basically tell stack hey go on the internet download this package it's like a pack oh yeah stack yeah package manager that's what i'm looking for so stack is a package manager a compiler a builder makes an exe um it also has a REPL in it as well so for example um in, if I had a method, like say a pure method that I wanted to test, I could actually build the package and then just call that method directly. Be like, does it work? Does it not work? What's the output? Um, so stack and notepad plus plus. Gotcha. Which actually okay. does have um, syntax highlighting for Haskell, which is pretty cool. Anyway, 
Didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's fine. And actually, I was going to mention that, you know, uh, to be honest, if you have syntax highlighting in, in your editor, that's like 50% of, of what you need, honestly, I think. Um, you know, some sort of uh, uh, code completion also would be really helpful, too. I'm not too sure if you can get that in Notepad++. I but... don't know. Yeah, code completion would be great or something be like, oh, hey, I see you're trying to do this. Let's do this. I don't know if it's up there yet because Haskell is not really a, a mainstream language, so people aren't working on it. Uh, but yeah, I actually, when I first started programming, I had JGrasp. Uh, to learn Java, and that did not have syntax highlighting. Eventually, I went to NetBeans. I was like, I love syntax highlighting. It is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Any anything that can help you there is, is great. <laughs> okay, yeah. got it. So I, I kind of want to go back to, to Stack. So you had mentioned that it... It has a, a REPL, so that way you can you know type your code and, and just kind of test it a little bit quickly there for mm -hmm. um, any packages that you're downloading. Um, and so that's to that's to run against uh, an individual package, is what you're saying? Um, can you just can you change that question a little bit? I don't understand what you mean by run against a package. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I might have misunderstood what you were saying. So you, you said that uh, Stack has a, a REPL. Um, was it specific to something? No, it, it's just a REPL for Haskell. So you could just like, uh, it's almost like a shell, PowerShell or Batch or Bash uh, shell where you can just like put in commands, see what happens. Um, additionally, you can do things like, here's this function, what is its type or give me information about it. So um, have you done use PowerShell before? I have, yeah. Okay, you know in PowerShell you have the, I think, help command or git command, something commandlet that gives you information about a certain commandlet. The REPL is, is allows you to do the same thing. So like if I wanted to um, use the maybe type, I believe I got that correct, I can actually go into the REPL and go, give me the information about maybe, and it'll tell me what... Um, function it has, how I use it, what are the data types in it. Um, and then additionally, to go back to the example I had, um, I could use, I could basically go stack, build, run the REPL, and then it'll also, including all the packages it has, it'll also bring in my program. And so I can actually call the functions in a REPL that I have made. Gotcha. Okay. I uh, I guess I, I completely misunderstood what you were saying earlier about the REPL, but okay. Got that it. Is, that, 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 is okay. that makes a lot of sense. If you're confused, then there's plenty of other pod people who are listening who are also confused. <laughs> Got it. Um, and I, I just want to mention, um, uh, can you explain what a REPL is uh, just for the people who don't uh, who have never heard of that before? It is stands for REPL, which is Read, Evaluate, Print, Loop. So basically it's things where like you can enter command, press enter, and then the shell will read it, evaluate what it means, print any output if there is, and then it'll basically loop to wait for your next command. Okay, so it's it's essentially just a uh, uh, type out a command or some one line of code, and it, it runs that, and it just just there for, just for that kind of deal. Yep. Yep. Cool. All righty. So what types of uh, applications have you created with Haskell, or have you just gone through through the kind of learning phase where you're just doing tutorials kind of thing? The thing I've done most um, is only actually one project, which is a maze generator. Uh, so I was reading this wonderful book called Mazes for Programmers. It's a fun book. I would totally like, I 
would totally recommend it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to learn a different language. So I wrote a maze genre in C sharp as a basis. I was like, right, now let's make this in Haskell. So I have successfully made a maze. And then, uh, so it was, you could actually print it out basically by printing out says this cell has is connected to this cell and then from that output actually make a maze on pen and paper so the next step is uh adding a bit more logic so you can use a depth first search and then actually printing it out on like a png so that's the only thing i have made i've been working on this project for uh half a year or more now okay cool i mean you you are learning you know that's that's always gonna add to uh, add to some uh, ramp up time too, but cool. Yes. Okay. There have been some like episodes fun. where I've just like, let me read all the documentation so I can know what this is for. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll happen. And it, it uh, I, I have to say, you know, on a personal note, whenever I have to do that, it always feels like just a time sink. Like I know I've I have my own side quests where you know that that evening is just just learn, and uh, uh, you know it's it's always good in the end, at least, right? Because you're learning, you're leveling up your skills, and it's it, it needed to happen anyway. So it's not yep. it's not so bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, All right. No, I, I I agree. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Sometimes I don't know. For for me at least, every time I'm done with the learn, I'm like, oh man, I've learned some more. I can't wait to use this knowledge, and then I finally apply it, and then I run into another problem. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very slow going. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so. Um, let's say that I were um, going to start this right now. Like, let's let's pretend also that I have zero knowledge of Haskell, which doesn't take a lot to pretend that. Um, what <laughs> what would yes. you recommend <laughs> would be a, the the route that I should go? Where, where should I start? <laughs> should I start with your videos or don't start with my videos? <laughs> don't start with my videos. Um, my videos are not a tutorial video. It's they're not meant to be followed. Um, my videos are a proof of, yes, this is hard. Here's how long it's taking me to learn this. And I'm a developer that's been developing for six years. You know, if it's hard for me, it will be hard for you. Um, <laughs> so that's where I'm like, I have subscribers people who have subscribed to my channel. So I'm very confused of why. Because, yeah, it's not a tutorial. I do not recommend it as a tutorial at all. I would recommend it as a, look, someone else is trying to do this in real time. Um, where I would recommend to start, I have really, I think, just Google. <laughs> That's where I'd recommend to start, you know, uh, read up on how to start a Haskell project. Um, there's this great book called The Haskell Book, which I read entirely before I started, and it helped me understand, like, types, datas, functions, um, I could have learned that all, um, with Googling, there's a place called a learn your Haskell for good, which is much more succinct and it's like, all right, here's this, which is for this, here's syntax, which is for this. But I'd recommend to just start, um, you'd probably have to spend three or four hours Googling, um, using Stack Overflow to figure out how to make a project and everything. But uh, it's just with learning anything with this day and age, since we have Stack Overflow and we have the internet, um, it's not required to read 10 or 20 books to get started with anything. You just, just go. So I would recommend to just, to just go, just do it. 
Okay, cool. All right. And as far as tools on my machine, um, would I pretty much just need any kind of text editor, like Notepad++ or something else, and uh, Stack? Was, is that the tool you had mentioned earlier? St yeah, Stack is the tool I mentioned, because that was in the Haskell book. I'm betting, I don't know if there's more tools um, to handle this, because uh, I, I bet there's more you'd have to do research. I was told to use Stack, and Stack had a really great tutorial, and I had to get it running, so that was fine for me. Um, Notepad++ is also fine. Um, I don't know if there's actually a built-in IDE. They're not a built-in IDE. Any IDEs for Haskell. Um, but simple just typing is just fine. Yeah, I don't know. It works for me. Um, it wor it, I think it works for me because um, I've been developing for a while, but I think if you're just starting developing, having more crutch, not crutches, but have, having training wheels of an IDE or something that's a bit more automatic would help you learn Haskell since you don't have to learn the syntax of Haskell and also learn the syntax of whatever thing you're using. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Okay. Um, and uh, just kind of putting that out there right now, since uh, I decided to, to look that up. So my first default when looking at new tools or something is to see if there's an extension or anything to working with that in VS Code. There is unfortunately not something for <laughs> working with Haskell and VS Code. Makes so, sense. okay. So if, if I were to start, I would probably follow exactly what you said. Just go down the Notepad++ route and uh, see where that leads me. Yeah, I, I I was thinking it'd be really fun to um make a compiler for Haskell or an IDE or an extension VS Code, but I was like, that's a bit too much work. I don't want I don't want to deal with like language processing right now. Gotcha. All right, well, cool. All right, Darren. So what's next for you? Oh man, that that, that is, um, hmm. what what is next is already in process at the moment. This is just because I like figuratively hurting myself with learning new things i'm excited uh so i'm, I'm gonna get into the event not i don't know rant maybe you could say not no not a rant so i wanted to so this maze generator that i'm making for haskell well i want also want to learn assembly so i was like you know what let's make one for the sega genesis <laughs> yeah so i'm reading on the sega genesis i see that it's it uses the motorola 68,000 microprocessors. like all right cool now i need to learn that and so I was like, you know what? What better way to learn assembly than to make my own assembler and 68K emulator? So that's what I'm doing. So I'm literally building the thing that takes the assembly code, makes puts it into machine code, and I'm writing the thing that takes the machine code and does things. Oh, I'm really right. excited about it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Are you uh, is is this going to be an open source project? Are you going to be updating it? Uh, is this what you're going to be uh, doing on your videos? Um, I mean, with the Haskell thing, it's on GitHub and it's public. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this there will be videos. Um, I'm streaming it on Twitch under that programming guy. I still don't have a set schedule yet because I'm more active in the morning. But that's um, with my gaming streaming channel that I'm doing in the morning, but I'll need to find something. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be on Twitch. And then from there, it will be uploaded to my YouTube channel as well. It's just not going to be as edited. It's not going to be as pretty because I don't want to do video editing. I've done that before. I don't want to do it again. So it's literally record with Twitch, export to YouTube, add a description. But uh, it'll be there so people can start following me, so people can 
help me with the program if they want to but um yeah yeah that's about it <laughs> all right and uh yeah and i don't blame you honestly about the uh you know the the editing on something it, it feels like editing some sort of you know audio or video is is exponentially longer than yes. the actual recording part yes yeah. I, i've done <laughs> audio editing i've done video editing i'd rather avoid it if possible <laughs> cool all right and uh um so I guess before we, we leave, um, is there any last minute things that you want to add uh, that you want to plug maybe, or just where can people find you online? Um, some uh, shameless advertising. Follow me on Twitch under that programming guy or subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, the best way to find it would be in the YouTube search. Type in Haskell space practice makes better since my channel is called practice makes better. Um, but you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, um guy.com there's two g's in there it's really weird uh yeah that's about it twitch and twitter and that programming guy all right cool and to everyone listening uh, i am going to make sure that all of those links are in the show notes so if you want to get that information right now just go ahead and open those show notes and whatever it is you're using to listen to this and uh click on those links and then save them wherever you want to save them i don't know your uh bookmarks or browser <laughs> tabs you know if, if you're one of those people who has a thousand browser tabs open and that's just how you save things cool write them down on <laughs> pen and paper that works too i always forget that's an option right yeah yeah um yeah yeah that is an option pen and paper <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well i guess let's go ahead and close this out darren uh good luck on your future quests and uh, you. maybe you'll be back here someday to show off all the cool loot you've plundered and the experience that you've uh, gained along the way and until next time, everyone, you can find this show on Twitter. We are at DevSideQuests, or you can go to our website, developersidequestpodcast.com. And you could, if you could pretty please rate this show in whatever pod listening enchantment that you subscribe to, that would be great. Please do that. Uh, all feedback is welcome. All right, everyone, go work on a quest. Quest.